you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 6, if you will. I want to begin reading in verses 28 through 34, Matthew chapter 6. We're continuing in our series on stewardship. We began it last week, and we have begun talking about spiritual fundamentals to stewardship, and so we're going to continue with that today. And the title of our message for those who want to write down a title is Kingdom Priority. Kingdom Priority. Are you in Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 through 34? Amen. And it reads, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles or the unbelievers seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Pray with me. Daddy, love you. I praise you. We worship you. God, we stand in awe of your word. God, we love your word so much. It consumes us. It changes us. It molds us. We stand in holy reverence, God, as when Moses was called, you told Moses to take off his shoes because the place that he was standing was holy ground. I pray today, God, that we would take off fear, that we would take off doubt, that we would take off apprehensiveness, that we would take off everything that would interfere with the holiness of God transforming our lives. God, we desperately need that. We desperately need to be transformed. So help us, God. Help me as I preach this morning, God. I understand, God, that you called me for such a time as this, and so you have equipped me to speak to your people about a subject that's going to bring great deliverance. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence this morning. As I echoed a moment ago, we're continuing our stewardship series. Um, and once again, I want to thank all of those who decided to covenant with us. There are several more who weren't here today. Hopefully they'll be here next week. Uh, we had about eight people that I believe that um, is covenant with us as new members in our church. And so uh, once again, I want to thank you all for uh, being a part of our family. I'm excited about this subject and as I begin talking about money the first thing that I said last week and I want to echo the same sentiments today for those of you who may be 
uh, a little bit tempted to shut me out, and I, I trust that nobody here is that way. My desire is to have an honest discussion about money. As I said last week, I know that salvation, when we give our life to Christ, one of the last things that tends to follow our, our, our transformation is our resources. And so we have neglected the area of stewardship. And I say we, I speak as a church. And so today, I want you to be, as last week, I want to disarm you. This message will not necessarily, not intentionally, make you uncomfortable. This is not a message of some kind of gimmick, whereby we are going to try and twist your arm like you would let me do it anyway. Uh, we're not here to try to twist your arm or to manipulate you or anything of that nature. My desire is to see God's people experience financial freedom. All of us live there, amen? All of us have to deal with resources. All of us have to deal with money. And some of you will be hearing some things this morning that perhaps you never really thought about. It's going to revolutionize your thinking. In fact, I would go as far as to say that if these principles that I'm going to teach you, if you apply these principles, you will experience a, not only a higher love, a, a, a deeper, a more rich life, but you're going to love God that much more. So I want you to be at ease. I don't want God's people. How many know that God has given us freedom? The Bible says that for freedom, Christ has set us free. So we don't want to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen? I said amen. amen. How many know that debt is bondage? Amen. How many know when you can't pay your bills, it's bondage? Amen. How many know when the bill collector got to hunt you down, it is bondage? Amen. How many know that when you spent outside of what you have brought in, it's a form of bondage? And the devil would love for you and I to come to church every Sunday and act like everything is okay and you know that you're barely making it. Now, so we want to have an honest discussion about this because I want to be God's representative to help us. That's why I'm here. I'm not here but to help. I want you to look at Pastor Bailey and say, he's here to help. Say it. He's here to help. That's it. I'm your friend. We're in this thing together. Are you connecting with me? We're one and the same. We're working through this together. And, 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 and I am so excited because what God is going to share with us this morning is just nothing short of life-changing. You never handle your money the wrong way ever again. How many of you say, Pastor, I want to be free? I want to be free not only to be able to meet my obligations, but I want to experience the joys of giving. The joys of giving. There is nothing more satisfactory than where you're in a position that when you can give on demand. Amen. Nothing. 
The character of our God is a giver. You all understand that. And, and there's something about when we're in a position where we can give and, and, and we're free to do it without any other uh, worries or concerns or cares because we have been good, good stewards of those things that God has given us and we have positioned ourselves so that we can do the things that God wants us to do. I want to help position us into the right place. Oftentimes I will hear Christians say this. Y'all still with me? Say amen. And, they, and they're very sincere when they say this. See, they say, well, you know, uh, a pastor, I want to give more, but I can't. Well, well, why can't you? Why can't you give? Why can't you? Well, you know, pastor, because um, I, have, I have to pay my bills. I, I have mortgage. I have payments. I have credit cards. And, and, and I have all of these different things. And, and really, I, by the time I, I get to the end of it, I don't have much left over to do anything else. They didn't tell you everything. Because the real issue is priorities. Everybody say priorities. Because what was just spoken in those words was, I, let's be, can we have a, I said an honest discussion, right? What, what was said, what wasn't said that was missed is that I cannot give to God the way that I should because I haven't prioritized him. It's an issue of priorities. See, whether you make, see, if you've got income, and most everybody here got income, whether you make $20,000 a year, $40,000 a year, $70,000 a year, $100,000, a million dollars a year, it doesn't matter. Whatever you make, your financial structure should be designed in such a way that God is the treasure of your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the amount is. See, it what should be said, and I hear Christians, and, and we've, got, we've gotten comfortable saying that, well, I can't afford it. And, and you know what? And we use that as a banner, and we walk around, I can't afford it. And, and we walk around saying, I'm cool, I'm, you know, I got all this. Here's what the problem, what should be said is, I can't afford to necessarily go on this vacation. I can't afford necessarily to, to buy this thing. I can't do this or I can't do that because the kingdom of God is priority and I must make sure that the kingdom of God is the dominance of my life. Amen. Now, I know that some of you didn't like that. But how many of you really want to be free? Amen. See, how many of we got to flip it? We got to stop saying what we can't afford to do and flip that thing around so that we can afford to do what God has called us to do. Amen. So then, we are talking here about this morning a major makeover. We're talking about priorities. Every one of us got priorities. You know the American dream. You know what the American dream is, right? What's the American dream? Go to college, get a good job, make a lot of money, live in a really, really nice house, drive a really, really, really nice car, and to be able to do all the wonderful things that America stamps as success. And most of us sitting here today will say, I'm going to get mine. Even if it means that I got to go in debt and shortchange God 
and not support the kingdom of God the way that the kingdom of God needs to be supported. Even if it means that I have to give up all of that, I'm going to get mine. Oh, I'm preaching a little bit better than you're looking, but I'm going to keep bringing it. You're going to, it's going to sink in real good. Even, even I know, because if, if I, I deserve, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I deserve, you know, alert, alert, you know that the kingdom of God and the principles of this world always run contrary, right? Jesus, we said last week, and we made a profound statement. Some of you look like, I never thought that. I said Jesus spoke more about money, possession, and resources than he talked about heaven or hell. And some of you look like, well, I don't know about that. I need to go check that out. Go check it out. Come back and talk to me. I'm confident. In fact, most of the scriptures that we'll read today, Jesus always made some references to money and resources. Why? Because, watch this, it is the biggest threat to the kingdom of God. The people of God are still being entrapped, enslaved into the American way of thinking that it's all about this when it's not for the kingdom. God's people, how many know that, that it's not all about this? God wants you to enjoy your life. Amen? God don't have a problem with you having nice things. Amen? But not at the expense of making sure that the kingdom is priority in your life. And don't tell me the kingdom is priority because you give a small percentage and then you just live the way you want. No, when the kingdom becomes priority, God get to dig into that thing however and whenever he wants to. Say amen. amen. Even if you don't like it, say Because you know when something is precious to you, you know when it's precious. You, you, you invest in it. Isn't that right? I've I never seen a Christian get deep in debt, a person get deep in debt. Very few Christians I know that have problems with money that says, well, you know what, Pastor, I, I just really went out and I just believe. And I, I'm just trying to build this orphan for the kingdom of God. I'm trying to open up this shelter. I'm, I'm trying to do, and you know, I, I had some problems. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I don't hear that. Usually I hear people getting in trouble because they don't prioritize the kingdom. I don't hear people getting in trouble because they are making the kingdom priority. I hear people getting in trouble because the kingdom is not priority. And how many know that when we're ever we're outside of the parameters of God, it's always trouble. I mean, whenever God, how many know that now, now, now I'm going to make the case this morning. Y'all need to stay with me because I'm going somewhere with this. Because my job by the Holy Ghost, I said, God, and I was thinking about something else while I'm sitting on a plane, something else, a different topic within the series to talk about. And God says, no, son, I want you to deal with priorities. And I said, God, why? God, God, God said to me, because my people are in the condition that they're in as a whole because their priorities are mixed up because they're still trying to hold on to the American dream. And so instead of doing this, how many know that every financial decision that we make, here's what, your, here's, here's what the general thought must be. I'm going to give you scripture to back it up. It must be this. Before I make this decision, or this major decision, I'm not talking about buying chewing gum and getting toothpaste, okay? I'm not talking about that. We must ask the question, how will this 
reflect or what kind of effect would this have on my ability to support the kingdom of God the way that it should be supported? In other words, what I'm about to purchase, what I'm about to do, how would this affect the kingdom? Instead of doing it later, instead of just saying, just spending, 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 and then coming to church and saying, okay, God, if I got a little something left over, I'll give you that. How many know that you know, too many of God's people do that? We get ourselves, we're overstretched, and then we come in the house and we say, okay, what I got left? And then some of us, we will even look in our parking and find the smallest bill to put in the plate and act like God ain't seeing that. What we're talking about this morning is priority. And listen, and it's not because you don't love God. We're not talking about that. It's because our priorities have gotten out of whack, and God is saying there needs to be a shift in the way that we think about life, the way that we think about money, and what are on earth are we here for? So our passions cannot be the same as the world's passions. Jesus oftentimes was drawing contrast between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom uh, of, of heaven all the time. He was constantly drawing those differences. How many know the kingdom of God is vastly different? God said, love your enemy. The world said, hate him. The world says, look out for number one. God said, give. Everything about God is different. Love your enemies? You don't want to love your enemies? Because everything in you, in your flesh, you've been living in the darkness, and naturally you feel a disposition to get back at somebody that messed with you instead of doing it the way Christ said. Christ said, give. You said, well, I can't. Christ says, give. Let me, let me, let me get into the word a little bit here this morning. We're going to go back to this verse. Um, Look at the neighbor and say, we need a financial makeover. Look at the neighbor, just say it, just say it. We need a financial makeover. We need to get our priorities straight. Priorities. Everybody say priorities. 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 That's what we're talking about, priorities. What is your priority? God's going to challenge us with that this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Are you there? Say amen. amen. I got some work to do. Y'all going to bear with me? Are y'all ready to learn? Now, everything I said, I'm going to back it up. Because, see, what God told me is, see, my, my big assignment, watch this. Here's my big assignment right here. Everybody looking this way. My big assignment is to convince you that the kingdom of God is to receive the highest priority in our lives. The highest priority. That there is nothing on this planet more important to the Christian than the kingdom of God. And if you don't think that way yet, we're going to help you. Because I guarantee you, when you start thinking that way, you will change the way you live your life. You will change where you go. You will change where you hang out at. And certainly, you're going to change where you spend your money and how you spend your money. Because we understand that we're from another kingdom. He says, now do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. How do you know that 
we put our money in what we treasure. Whatever you treasure. I want everybody to do a little assignment. I want you to stay with me. I want you to ask, I want to ask you a question. I, want, I don't want anybody to say anything out loud. I just want you to talk to God this morning. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit into this, right? Y'all know he, he's in here. Let him in. What is it in your life? Ask the question. And I want you to talk to God. I want you to answer this honestly. Remember I said I want to have an honest discussion. What is it in your life that you value more than anything else? I want you to answer that question between you and God. What is it that you place the highest value above everything else? Every, above everything else. The highest priority. The highest value. Ask yourself that question. Have you answered the question in your heart yet? Now, let me ask you a second question, a follow-up. Does your pocketbook reflect it? Because see, where your treasure is, your heart goes. Some of you may have said, well, you know, the most important thing to me, and this, I understand, is my children. It's my spouse. And that sounds really nice on the surface, but you know, Jesus says that nothing is to take highest priority over me. Why? Not because God don't want us to love our children, our spouse, but because God is the one that holds it all together. You want to have a great marriage? Make God first. You want to have great kids? Make God first. You want to have a good financial portfolio? Make God first. Nothing is to be more important than the kingdom. It's a treasure thing. It's what's important to us. And, 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 and here's the thing, people. Here's the thing that we got to understand. That the world ain't going to help you with this. You got to get radical. And you got to understand who you are. Look with me, if you will. We're going to look at a couple of verses. We're going to jump around a little bit. Look at Luke chapter number 12. Go to Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. Y'all got your Bibles? Y'all ready to read this morning? We're going to stay in the Word for a while. Because I can, the Word can do a whole lot better than I can. I promise you that. <laughs> the Word will preach all by itself. You're in Luke chapter 12, verse number 13. Look at this. Then one in the crowd said to him, teacher, talking to Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. But you know, in American culture, what people People make assessments and judgments on people based on what they have. Come on, somebody. Y'all help me. If you got a certain lifestyle, how do you know people will treat you a certain way? Come on. But Jesus said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he has. He said, that that means nothing to God because he owns it all anyway. We talked about stewardship last week. If you didn't get the message last week, go back, go online, www.foundation-ministry.org. Look it up. It's there for you. 
get the message from last week. Now, watch this guy. This guy is very interesting. Then Jesus, in verse 16, you know, Jesus always took an opportunity to teach, right? <laughs> then he spoke a parable to them, saying, now, you remember we said last week that Jesus spoke a lot about materials and money? You're going to see all these verses that keeps going right back to it. Because Jesus is touching our hearts. He's touching our hearts. He's touching what's important. He says, now, verse number 17. Well, look at verse 16. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yield plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? All right? Now, here's a brother that's been blessed. Now, how many know that God wants you to make good money? Did anybody believe that? God don't have a problem with you making lots of money. Did anybody have a problem with that? No. See, y'all should jump and scream out there and say, hallelujah, right there. Y'all just, what's wrong? God don't have a problem with that. He's not, that's not the issue. He, listen, God expects you to be a good steward, and if you can make more money, great. He just don't want the money to have you. <laughs> so he said here's what this guy said he's, got, he's, he's, he's found himself in a position where he's rich he's got plenty he said here's what I'm going to do verse 18 I will pull down my barns and build greater and there I will store all of my crops and my goods <laughs> look at this guys and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Boy, it sounds like he's in this happy place, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, he's a man, he's a boy. I would tell you something, I made a lot of money, but life is good for me. He said, I made so much. You know you made a lot of money where you can't even find a bank to put it in. That brother, he was black. He said, what am I going to do? He said, I got all this stuff, man. Life is great. What am I going to do? He said, you know, I'm going to build me some bigger barns. And I'm going to say, so eat, drink, have a party, have a good time. Live your life to the fullest. But there was one problem. But God, everybody say, but God. So you got to always ask yourself that question. What does the master want? But God, say it with me, but God. Look at verse 20. But God said to him, fool. I didn't, y'all said, Pastor, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> Jesus said, fool. This, your, this night, your soul will, requir will requ be required of you. Then those will those things be which you have provided. You hear that? So, he who, so, so is he who lays up treasure. Everybody say treasure. treasure. For himself and is not rich toward who? God. Do you hear that? What was this guy's problem? Jesus wasn't condemning him because he made a lot of money. He condemned him because he wasn't rich toward God. He said, I'm going to get my money, and I'm just going to take care of me. And Jesus said, you're a fool. Because what you fail to understand is 
Not only do I own it all, but you got to give an account to me. I mean, know that we need to be rich toward God. We need to be people who are rich toward God. When I say rich, now some of you, you're not really sure what that means. Listen, when I say rich toward God, you know what it means in your spirit. You know what it means. Everybody in here, you got to figure it out. But you know what your financial situation would look like if you're rich toward God. More importantly, God knows what it will look like if you are rich toward God. He said, I'm going to, listen, you are a fool because you did not take into an account that the riches of this world is fleeting. You're going to leave it here. Then why on God's green earth don't you figure out a way to transfer your wealth into heaven? That's what we're talking about this morning. How can I take the wealth that God has given me and transfer it into the kingdom where I know I'm going to get a great return on my investment. So Jesus called him a fool. Look at 2 Peter 3. Run 2 Peter chapter 3. We're, we're building a case. I got to make a case. I got to make a case from the word of God. So that everybody here, look at verses 10 through 13. Verses 10 through 13. Are you there? Say amen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 down through verse 13. Are y'all still okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus. Okay. Verse number 10. Are you there? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the what? Night. How I many know it's coming? Y'all know Jesus is coming back. I, I say you know the master is coming back. Y'all know that, right? Yeah, he's coming back. He said, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Watch this. Both the earth and the works that are in them will be burned up. Now, y'all see what's going to happen to the stuff that we deem so valuable and so important, right? It's all going to burn up. I wanted us to lay our eyes on that. 1 John 2, verses 15 through 16. You don't have to turn here. It says, do not love the world. When it talks about the world, it's talking about this world system, the ideology of this world. How many know that Jesus has called us out of the world? He says, now do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He said, don't love the world or the things of this world. In other words, what everybody else's passions are, ours must be distinctly different. We must be people that live our lives in such a way that we understand that heaven truly is our home. How many of you have been on vacation in a foreign land? I know the military folks have all over the place. You know, you don't spend a whole lot of money when you're in a foreign land, right? You don't put all your investments there. You know why? Because it ain't home. You put all your money, your resources, you, 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 you send it back. Or you make sure that home is taken care of. Why? Because 
you're visiting. That's not your permanent place. How many know that this earth is not our permanent place? Too many of God's people live like this earth is it. You know the world thinks like that? The world thinks like that. They think they live their life as if this is it. That's why they, that's why they don't give to God. That's why they're, they're consumed on themselves. That's why we live in a culture of materialism in America. We are the most the best nation on the earth, no doubt about it. But how many know that, that we got a little bit of pride? We got a lot of stuff. And sometimes what comes with a lot of stuff is a false sense of security. Because I got this stuff, I don't need God. Well, he just said very clearly that the works and everything in it is going to burn up. The market timer Jesus has already told you and given you an insider trader tip that it's all going to burn up. So knowing that that is the case, how should we live? Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, verse 11, what manner of person ought you to be? So that's a good question we've got to ask ourselves. Knowing that all of these things are going to be dissolved, what should be my priority in life? What should be my priority in life? How do we know that whatever you do for Jesus, it goes with you? God always blesses what you dedicate to him. Do you hear me? He blesses what you dedicate to him. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. I got to read it because I don't have a lot of time. He says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Is that your confession? As a Christian, I'm, I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. I'm, I'm passing through. So I got to make sure that my priorities reflect that. Look at Matthew chapter number six. Matthew 6, verses 28 through 24. Now, you know what Jesus is saying here? I want to particularly look at verse number 30, 31. He said, now, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You see what Jesus just said there? He said, therefore, do not worry what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. For all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows. Everybody say knows. He knows that you need these things. Now, we read that verse a lot here at the church. But I think sometimes when we read the verse, sometimes we overlook the significance of the meaning behind it. You know, he's saying, what Jesus is very simply saying here is that Gentiles or unbelievers live their life in such a way that they're just concerned about food, clothing, and material things. 
And you know why they live that way? Because in their minds, a lot of them are uncertain or they don't really believe or even know even that there is an eternal life. There's something better on the other side. And so when you don't believe that, or if you don't know that, then you live your life in a very reckless manner because you don't believe truly that there is something different, that there's something more, that there's something better. And so what Jesus said, he says, here's what I want you to do. He says, now, he says, now, everybody else live their life in such a way that all they care about is the next big house, the next big car, and all the stuff that they can get. That's what they focus on. But here's what. I don't want you worried about that. He says, in fact, he said, I don't even want you consumed with that. I don't, he, said, he said, more than anything else, I want you to seek first. Everybody say first. First, the kingdom. You notice, he put the kingdom on top of everything. He says, seek first the kingdom, and then I'll, I'll take care of the other stuff. In other words, he's saying that I, I don't want you even concerned. I don't want you concerned about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. I don't want you worried about that. Everybody else living that way, that's the way they live. How many of you would testify to that? That's the way people live. He said, I don't even want you thinking that way. He said, but I want you to be more concerned about one thing. Seek my kingdom. Seek the benefit of the kingdom. Make sure that your life, make sure that your finances reflect your love for the kingdom. Make sure that you invest your treasures there. Not that you don't do anything else. But you don't do anything else at the expense of making sure that your portfolio looks like God is your king. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. That your portfolio looks like God is your master. Amen. He is your king. One verse, you guys write it down. In, in, in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 and 46, it talks about these, it talks about this one guy who had found something valuable, valuable pearl, and he went and sold everything for it. He gave up everything. One man went and found a field, and he realized how valuable it was. And he gave up everything. Do you know how valuable the kingdom of God is? Jesus said this. How many know? Jesus said the kingdom of God, there will be no more sickness. How many are tired of getting sick? He said there will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be nothing but everlasting joy. And you know, the Bible talks about, some people got this crazy idea that when we get to heaven, all we're going to do is just walk around the city. They even got a song to say that. That we're just going to just walk around the city all day. Just for, you, know, you know, when you get to heaven, the, heaven, how many know the kingdom of God is, is a kingdom? Amen. The Bible said that some of us are going to be ruling cities. Some of us gonna, he's gonna, he says, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You're going to be giving stewardship based upon how you lived your life right here, right now. And I'm believing God, I'm gonna get 10 to 15 cities I'm gonna rule over. 
You're going to have work to do in heaven. It's not going to be this kind of like this little thing. We're just going to walk around and just dance all day. Oh, we're going to dance, but we're going we're gonna to be, listen, it's a kingdom of beauty, of bliss, everlasting life, everlasting peace, everlasting joy. Listen, listen, the folk, when it talks about this man in Matthew chapter 13, when it talks about how he gave up everything, you know what happened? He realized the value of the kingdom. Too many of God's people don't know what you got. <laughs> Boy, if you really knew what you had, you would restructure your whole life to make sure that you invest your resources into heaven. How can I transfer what I got into the kingdom of God? How can it follow me? Because as we said last week, when people die and they leave all their stuff, they usually don't put that in the grave with them. Amen? Somebody else going to get your money anyway. Come on. Somebody else can get your hard earned, somebody, and they're probably going to squander it. But here's the key, though. But if you live and you invest it into the kingdom, it follows you. And God will reward those who prioritize his kingdom. And so for you, that means that maybe I would like to have me this huge thing, but you know what? I can't do it. I would love to have, I mean, I'm one of those guys, you know, I, I like Jaguars, but pastor can't afford a Jaguar. Now, some of you are blessed and you want to bless me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, know that when we talk about priorities, we're, we're talking about the fact that I realize that this kingdom is valuable. I realize that there's nothing great. This is, this is what I'm shooting for. So you know what? If that means I got to cut back some down on this earth so that I can make sure that I take what I got with me into heaven, I'm willing to do that. I'm going to stay free. So you got to make a decision in your mind that from here on out, I'm going to get free. I'm going to stay free because, as I said before, a lot of us got saved, but our, our wallet is still need to be redeemed. Our pocketbook has still been left behind. And we come into the kingdom, but we bring into the kingdom the same old worldly mindsets about money. And how many know God needs to be Lord over that too? Because if he ain't Lord over your money, he ain't really Lord over you. I'm sorry to have to break that news to you. Breaking news. CNN. Bloop, bloop, bloop. If God ain't Lord over your money, he ain't Lord over you. You cannot serve the two. You can't. So Matthew... He says, seek first the kingdom. Y'all remember the story about Solomon, right? I'm not going to turn there because we don't have much time. I got to get ready to close this down. Second Chronicles chapter number one, write it down, verses seven through 12. How many of you would like it if God just woke you up in the middle of the night and said to you, what do you want? Ask me, I'll give you whatever you want. Oh my God. Some of us boys would go really wild with that, right? I mean, we'll be talking about all kinds of stuff. So this is what happened to Solomon. Solomon is, he's there and God just shows up. God says, Solomon, ask me, boy, what you want. And I'll give it to you. Solomon said, you know, God, I just need wisdom on how to lead your people because I'm scared. He said, this is a great people. He said, I don't know what I'm doing. Will you please help me? 
And you know what God said to Solomon? Go back and read it. God said, Solomon, because you didn't do like everybody else, God tests some of us. Solomon, he said, because you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for material things, you didn't ask for none of that. He said, not only Solomon am I going to bless you with wisdom. In fact, I'm going to make you wiser than any man who ever faced the planet. He's not only that Solomon, but here's what else I'm going to do. I'm going to make you rich. In fact, Solomon, I'm going to make you the richest man that ever lived. There will never be one that before, before you that was richer, nor after you that was more richer than Solomon. The Bible said that people came from all over the earth to hear Solomon. The Queen of Sheba came from Africa. Was it Africa? Am I right about it? Sheba, is that in Africa? Yeah, somewhere over there. Queen of Sheba came, and she thought, oh, my God, this boy, his stuff was so incredible that he was blown away. And, and watch this. And God made Solomon rich. Why did God make Solomon rich? Because Solomon was rich toward God. Amen. See, God will never make some of us rich and give us more because we wouldn't use it for his glory. Amen. We would just use it up on ourselves. You know, when most people get raises and get more money, you know, the first thing, people, they say, this is, you, you, can we be honest, can we talk? The first thought is, man, I'm going to buy you something I've been waiting to get for a long time. Rarely do we say, man, that's more money I can invest into the kingdom of God. Man, I can, I can sow that into the house of God. I can give that to some Christian organization. I can give that to a mission. I can give that, well, that's something. God just gave me a raise. I hear most people say, man, I'm going to go and get me something else. Solomon said, I, I, I just want to be a good steward. God said, okay, Solomon, you got it. I'm going to give you a whole lot more. Goes back to the principle, seek first the kingdom, and all of these things will be added to you. What is your number one priority? Is your priority the kingdom? See, that's what we're trying to get at this morning. I'm going to close with this. Y'all remember Pastor Danelle, right? I said this before, and I want to say it again. I can't walk over there because I think it's demonic. Every time I walk over there, something yells back at me. So I'm going to stay over on this side. I mean, the speaker, the speaker, guys, the speaker. Every time I walk over there, it makes a booming noise. Because some of y'all are like, oh, he said, no. Okay, I got I to qualify. So people say, this side, no. No, I'm not talking about the speaker. Every time I walk, see, I walk over here and just start talking. But it's better now. She's working on it. Um, I said, when Sister Danelle came over, Pastor Danelle, because she came and preached. Some of y'all don't realize that you were talking and that you were listening to a giant in the faith. One day you will look up and you're going to see her all over TV. I'm telling you. I'm just letting you know. You're going to see her. And you're going to say, I remember when she came to our church. Woman is a beast. A beast of a woman in a very good way. Why do you say that, Pastor? Well, we served together many years ago. And uh, Pastor Danelle, they lived in a very tiny house in Chantilly. Very tiny. And she, uh, but Danelle and Sean has always been givers. In fact, Sean would oftentimes have to stop her because 
he would have to keep in check because if it's up to her, she'd just give away everything. She looked for opportunities to give because she got it. She got it. She said, man, the kingdom of God, that's more valuable. Whatever I do, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to spend my money, but I'm going to make sure that my life reflects that the kingdom is the most precious thing in my life. So Danelle Perkins kept just giving and giving and giving. Now, she had a very tiny house in Chantilly, big church. So people would always gather around her, always. And so, and I, of course, I would go over there all the time. And I would be like, man, this, and, and here's the thing about it. She was in a church where the people, and I'm not joking, I'm just being very honest with you, where the people are at Grace Covenant, they're very wealthy people. There's a lot of wealth in that church. You drive in the parking lot, you get the picture. They just, they're just there. They own corporations, but they're just there. So Danelle was around this all the time. So every time she went to visit somebody's house, their house was almost like the size of the school. You know, but when people came to visit her, it was like you'd be walking over toes, you know, because the house was just so tiny, just a tiny house. And, and, and what she, and, and, but and every time I went there, she just, every time I went there, she just kept inviting people, kept inviting because she loved God's people. Amen. She loved, she did, and every time we turned, she wanted to have a fellowship, and the house was tiny. I'm like, you can't even fit these people in there. Can't do it. But Danielle just kept on doing it. Her and Sean. And I was like, wow, y'all some, y'all, y'all amazing. And uh, Danielle would always say to me that one day God's going to bless us. Say, I'm going to get a bigger house where I can have more God's people in my house. Amen. I remember her saying that years ago. She said, God's going to bless us. And, and I could see it. But you know what she did, folks? She was faithful with where she was. She, she just, and so about three, four months ago, maybe five, six months ago. Uh, this was, this started happening years ago and they just moved about it. They just moved out of the house a year ago. And this was many years that she's been talking about how God was gonna bless her because she just wanted to be able to entertain God's people and love Amen. them. That's it. That's what house. Amen. And so she calls me over and she says, uh, I'm having a housewarming party and I want you to come. You know, pastor, don't turn down. Invite me to your house, I'm coming. So I get to the house. Now, I, I know in my heart that God's going to bless them. I know because we work together in ministry, and I know their hearts. And I drove up to the house. And all of our kids, they were in the car, and we said, oh, my God. That house was huge. Their bedroom is almost the whole size of my house. Some of y'all been to my house. I said, Sean, you got an apartment for a bedroom. <laughs> we go inside the house. And I walk in, and I just, I mean, my heart just melted. I'm like, God, look what you did. And I'm just walking around. I'm just walking around. And it took me about a good 20 or 30 minutes to see every corner of that house. He took me on a journey. I should have had my sneakers. Was big. And I said, and it, God took me back to those times when she had that little house. She kept bringing those people in there. She just kept being faithful. She just kept giving. She just kept loving God. And God blessed her Amen. because she was faithful. And that house. As I drove up and I see loads of people all over the place, I said, I look, I said, this is what you always wanted. 
She wasn't wanting it for herself, people. She wasn't trying to hoard it up on herself. She was like, I just want to be a blessing to the people of God. But here's what she did. She started where she was. She said, God, this is all you gave me right now, and I'm going to be faithful with this. I'm not going to wait until you give me a big house to start bringing people over. I'm going right now to start inviting the whole, uh, every, as many people who can fit. But I mean, you know, now she can fit a whole lot of people now. I don't know. They got about five, six bedrooms, six, seven bathrooms. I don't know. I mean, it's quite a bit. Some of you may be here this morning. You're saying, well, I'm just going to wait. I can't, I can't give to God. I can't do this. Can I, get, can I tell you something? Learn to be faithful where you are. If you ain't going to be faithful and start giving to God now, more than likely you won't do it later. That's the truth. If you got a problem with giving or tithing to God now, more than likely when God gives you more, you won't tithe then either. Amen. You won't. Amen. And most people, let me say this in closing. And most people that I know that argue against tithing, they want to make some, you know, until God hooked me up one day, and I'm going to talk about tithing another day. But you know, when God hooked me up with that, and I realized that I'm going to have a debate with God about 10% when he owns it all. And most people that I know that argue about tithing, they don't argue about tithing because they want to give God more. They argue about tithing because they intend to give him less. That's why you really, you're not arguing about tithing because you got a doctrinal issue. You're arguing about tithing because you don't, you think 10% is too much to give to God. You got other things that you want to do. You would not, you don't want to downsize. You don't want to, you don't, no, I don't want to do that. And so my argument is I'm going to fight against it because you know you're going to give a whole lot less than that. And you know what? It's a shame. It's a doggone shame that we think that. I challenged us this morning in the area of our priorities. I want to ask you again, what's really important to you? I know this, that nothing in your life is going to change until you start sitting down. Some of us will have to go to the table and look and say, what's really important to me? What's really important to me? And for some of us, if we can't do more, you know you can't and you know you need to do more, then maybe you got to do some cutting back. You got to do something. You got to cut out some things. I know that's really tough, but begin now to reorganize yourself so that the kingdom of God is truly your highest priority. And here's what God said he'll do. He'll bless you. He will bless you. You can't all give God. He will bless you and stand to your feet. And I just want you, how many of you have ever heard of the movie Swindler's List? Amen. Now, there's Schindler's List. Thank you very much. There's a part in there, and I don't remember all of it because some of it you may want to watch the kids because it's, you know, the kids may not come watch it because it's about the Holocaust, you know. So there's some nudity in there, if I, if I remember correctly. But there was a guy who had all this money, he had all these resources, and for years he was just living for himself, and he realized that his money one day, that he can use his money to help get people from being gassed in that chamber. 
And when he got that revelation, he started helping people. He just started giving more and more and more and more. You know, some people in this world, like Bill Gates uh, and people who own, have a lot of money, they realize maybe they didn't go into it that way, thinking that, man, the best thing I can do is give it away. They got there, so they try to, they try, they, I mean, a lot of them agreed. A lot of these billionaires got together and said, when we live, we're going to give most of it away. What they realize is there's more joy in giving. But God has been trying to tell, that, tell us that forever. Forever. That's why we say it's time for the offering. We go, woohoo. Some of you go, woohoo. Oh. Oh. We need to get free. We need to be wise. We need to enjoy your money. But make sure that God is the priority. Let's get our priorities straight. Amen. Your head is bowed, your eyes closed. God, I don't know if I was able to articulate it the way you wanted me to. But God, I know the Holy Spirit knows the hearts of your people. God, I, I pray that we would be better stewards of your money. And God, I pray that as your people make a decision to put you first, that their financial portfolio looks like God all over it. And that we spend less money on material things and more money on heavenly things. God, that I pray that then you would bless more. Even like you did Pastor Danelle. You blessed her. And it's not even about the house. It's about our wanting to be a blessing to the kingdom. God, bless your people. Give your people the courage this morning. Give them the courage to do the right thing. And God, I pray you would speak to hearts today. Every one of us, God, nobody is exempt from this message, including myself. We all, God, need to take inventory and check our priorities and make sure that we're living in such a way that heaven is our home. I want to give an altar call. I always want to give an altar call, and this is just for those who you realize that the reason why you're in a situation that you cannot give to God as you would or you just realize that you can't because your priorities haven't been straight, but you intend to straighten out your priorities. For those who want to do that, I'm going to give you a chance to come to the altar. This is between you and God. I have nothing to do with it. You say, Pastor, I want to shift my priorities. I want my priorities to be the kingdom. And I'm willing to make some changes in order for that to happen. Is there another? If you're not serious, don't come up here. If you're not serious about it, stay right where you are. This altar call is for people who want to live their life in such a way that the kingdom of God is top priority. This is it. By coming up here this morning, you're saying, you know what? I'm taking inventory and I'm changing some things. I may have to get rid of some things. I may have to resize. I may have to downsize eventually. I don't know what I may have to do. But I need to turn, like we said last week, I need to turn this thing around. Is there another that says, my priority is out of whack. I need to get it right. Is there one? Is there another? As I said last week, a lot of our problems is not a money problem. It's not an income problem. It's a managing problem. If you have income, it's how you manage that income. No matter where you are, it should reflect God all over it. Is there one?
I'm going to give you one more opportunity to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I got to say is, do you have a job? Okay, I want you to look at this. Look up, everybody. This guy don't have a job. You think God might be giving him one? He don't have an income, and he's saying, he want to make sure that he lives his life in a way that God is king. God bless you, young man. And I sense the spirit of God saying that he's going to prosper you. If you keep him first, he's going to prosper you. And he's going to take you places beyond your own ability. God is going to anoint you and bless you because you've taken a step of faith in front of all these people to say, without a job, that you want to make sure that the kingdom of God is top priority. God is going to bless you. Keep him first. That's all you need to do. He's going to bless you. Do you hear me? Father, I thank you. I thank you for these precious people, Lord. I thank you for every one of them who came here this morning to this altar. God, they're making a commitment to you afresh. God, that they realize that Lord, some priorities have been out of whack. They realize, Father God, that there have been some things, some decisions that have been made that has handicapped them. And God, you're here to arrest that today and change it. Not only do these people, Lord, want to be tithers, they want to be givers in every aspect of their life. God, I'm praying right now that you would give them double. Lord, I'm praying, in fact, God, I'm praying that you would give them grace. God, if they got debt, if they got issues, anything holding them back, God, I pray right now that you would give them grace with the creditors. That's right, God, the fact that you would release them because, God, they, have, they intend on being good stewards. And because they intend to think differently, their minds have been renewed. God, I believe that because of that, that you're going to help them. God, bless them, Lord. Release them from their creditors. Release them, Father God. And give them the grace to reprioritize their financial structure. Give them the grace to do it, God, I pray. Help them, God. Look at their hearts, God, and bless them. And, Lord, let it turn as a testimony because they were faithful to you. That God show up and be even more faithful to them. And we know you're able to do it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, give God praise. If you're here this morning... And Jesus is not your Lord and Savior this morning. We never want to close the service without him. If Jesus is not your Lord and Savior this morning, saints are still praying, please. Still pray. Still pray. We don't want to take it for granted. There's a soul here this morning. None of this even makes sense to you because you haven't fully surrendered your life to Christ. Please give your life to him today. Is there one who say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm ready to make a decision for Jesus. I realize that my life is his life and that my finances, every aspect of my life belongs to him. And I'm going to start with giving my heart to him today. Is there one who haven't made that decision? 
I want you to make a decision today, please. Is that one? Amen. Amen. Father, I just, I, I love you, Lord. I praise you. God, we thank you for working in us. God, I thank you for the change that is coming over this church. As God, we reorganize ourselves and position ourselves for this next level. God, we know that there's so much you want to do in our church. There's so many needs and things that we have. And God, I believe, Father, that whatever we need is in the house. And there's more to come so that we can do more for you. God, you know what we need. Touch your people. Set them free so that we can experience the full joy and the full measure of grace that you want to give to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we are finished, amen. Did you learn something? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of glory. To him be dominion, power, now and forevermore. And if anybody need prayer, you can come see me. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next week.